You're listening to the Fit Mind, Fit Body podcast, where we explore the connection between a fit body and positive mental health. And our big mission, it's to help 10,000 runners to develop fitter minds in the next two years. I'm your host, Michelle Frost. Let's get moving. Welcome to this episode of the Fit Mind Fit Body Podcast. Today we talk to Andrew Woodford and he shares how running has helped him find resilience to manage all of those ups and downs that life throws at us. Enjoy. Today on Fit Mind Fit Body, I am very excited to introduce you all to Andrew Woodford. Hello, Andrew. Hello, Michelle. Welcome to the podcast. I'm glad that you agreed to be uh, grilled by me. <laughs> I'm excited, actually. I was really, I'm looking forward to it. I have been following him, and I thought, you know, it'd be nice to, uh, to come on one of these and, I uh, guess, share my journey, share my story, and uh, I'm very grateful that you invited me, so thank you. I'm really excited to learn about it, actually. I love learning. You know, I don't know your story, so I'm really looking forward to, uh, to learning about it. So digging in is going to be fun for me, too. So let's start at the very start. Andrew, where did you grow up? Oh, I grew up in the eastern suburbs of Melbourne. Oh, there you go. And when you were at school, was running a thing? And we're actually, whereabouts, because I'm nosy, whereabouts in the eastern suburbs? What eastern suburb were you growing up in? So I grew up in the suburb of Mitcham, which is mm-hmm. in between Nutterwadding and Ringwood. Yep. So sort of the, um, yeah, just the eastern suburbs. Yeah. Middle class, I guess, if you wanted to put into some sort of class. Went to public school. Yeah. Um, do remember doing athletics at school. Hated it. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> so, yeah. so when you were at school, you weren't particularly sporty. It wasn't like, oh, gosh, I really need to. This is a thing that I enjoy doing. No, I was into, well, I played AFL for the local okay. footy club. Yeah. And I was also, I've always been a bit of a bike rider, you know, you know, when you're a kid back then, we're talking the 70s, so yeah. I'm, I'm, an old, I'm an old bugger. So, um, you know, we went everywhere on our, on our bikes. You know, that was the motor transport, you know, a lot of freedom. You know, there's no way you do what we used to do as kids. You know, I was, I used to, I was gone by the time, you know, 13 or 14, and I was riding everywhere. Wow. So it I was always riding and... Um, Got into competitive bike riding there for a little while, for oh, a couple did. of years, so that was fun. Wow, yeah. and so how old were you then? Uh, it would have been 15, 16. Oh, yeah. And I also then left, I left home when I was 16. Yeah. Moved into state, joined the Air Force. Wow. Oh, before you skip up to that, what kind of bike riding? Was it like uh, road so, or? Yeah, road, road, road riding. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, so then uh, you, so you joined, the, joined the Air Force when you were... 16? Yep, left home. <gasps> How is that? Uh, daunting. And uh, it's pretty pretty exciting. I, but I guess I knew, I knew I needed to spread my wings. Well, I didn't know, but my mum knew. So I needed to venture and I needed to, uh, and I was pursuing a trade, you know, I was pursuing a qualification. And, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, represented the Air Force in cycling. So we had um, oh, in-service cool. sports in between. You know, so you got selected on doing local races to represent um, the, I suppose it was the apprentice uh, inter-service sports, so where we had competition between the Army and the Navy 
so yeah, I got to represent that. It was pretty cool. We did some um, really cool. major road racing events. So, oh, and that was all in Australia. Like you did yep. all that in Australia. Yeah, in Australia. So where did you where did you first go? Where do you go to? Where did you do your training? When you were uh, Wagga, I was in Wagga. Oh yeah. yeah, Wagga Wagga, New South Wales. So yeah. And what did you? What trade did you do? I became what's called a motor transport fitter, so basically motor mechanic. Oh yeah. And yeah. how long did you stay in? Uh, when you're 16, you have to sign for nine. Wow. So that must seem like an, like ages when you're 16. Oh, it did actually. <laughs> Absolutely. I remember now how long that seemed like it was. Wow. And in Wagga for a couple of years. I was in Wagga for a couple of years and then you got posted out. So you did your training, qualified. Yeah. So they, they condense everything that a normal person would do outside in four years, into yeah. two and a half wow. with a high pass mark. You have to get. You've only allowed three fails if you fail three times you're out. Um, a lot of pressure. Yeah, a bit of pressure. Mm-hmm. And then we, um, yeah, we got posted out to an operational base and just began our working life. Um, but, yeah, I knew probably halfway through that I was not going to stay in any longer than my allocated time. Yeah. And they're very clever. So it's... <laughs> Four years training, so you're a pay for plus one, but less than 10, so you don't get long service. So if you want oh. that, you've got to sign on for another six. No. Yeah, so. Some uh, nasty person sitting at a desk somewhere in Canberra. In Canberra. Yeah. Came up with that. Absolutely. <laughs> and so, so you, you did skip out, the, well, you did leave when you, at, after nine years, that's what you did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I was, I was 25 and yeah, I, was, mm. I, was, I was done and... Um, you know, I wanted to represent my country. I'm proud of it. I'm proud. I'm a proud Australian. So we um, yeah. did my bit, yeah. but I was over the whole. Um, you know, the auxiliary. You know, I used to have to do a lot of other duties as well. So yeah. Uh, so things like that were, were a bit of, a bit annoying, and I had you know a bit of a life then. So yeah. So then I elected to uh, get out in Hobart because of my I met my first wife uh-huh. over in Victoria. Yeah. So the idea was to move. That's how I ended up in Tassie. So moved here. 30 years ago, uh, and the Air Force paid for the move. And you're still here. I'm still here. That's very cool. I want to get cool. back to that one, yeah. <laughs> it's nice to visit. I do like visiting Melbourne. I was born there, um, although I didn't grow up there. That was where I was born. And, we're, oh, and right. my fa- extended family is from there. But, yeah, right. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I do uh, like too, big, too much traffic, too big now. Yeah, so much traffic. It's crazy, yeah. actually. And I, th- I think we dodged a really, really good bullet from not being there for the last couple of years. So. Oh, totally, yeah, being locked down so much. Anyway, my daughter was locked down. <laughs> she didn't enjoy it. She came home uh, whenever she my, All my family's over there, so. Mm. So we got to, you and I got to see it viscerally what it was like for our family, even if we didn't have to do it, which was... <laughs> Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, no, exactly right. Yeah. So there you go. That's the beginnings. Did you um, what was your favourite thing about being? Was the Air Force? Did you say? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So what was your favourite thing about that time? The favourite thing, um, I would say it set me up for life. Mm-hmm. Um, the discipline that that um is put you know ingrained into you, mm-hmm. um, and there are a lot of other qualities. I mean they'll. They took, there was 10,000 applicants for my year and from that they selected 160. And they did that through three days worth of um, medical tests, psychological tests, mm-hmm. physical tests, et cetera, et cetera, um, all around the country. So, so they, 
they had they had a pretty amazing psychological turn because they mm. threw a whole they threw they only slept 160. And out of that 160, I you're looking at guys that get on, you know, even though we and we all got together, did our thing, and then you know haven't seen each other. For, like we're just getting together for a big reunion, it's our 40th anniversary, 40th reunion this year. Wow. Uh, and you can pick up exactly where you left off. So they did a really ju- good job of selecting people based on their psychological assessments. But I guess what it gave us was some amazing life qualities, which is discipline as a one. Yeah. And do you find, like, obviously you're on here because you like to run, did you find that that from the outside, those of us who haven't been in the forces, imagine that there is quite a lot of physical activity going on, even if, you know, you're training to be a, you know, a particular trade, yeah. but there's still that um, degree, as you said, with the discipline that is the physical side. So where you have I, to do a lot of yeah. stuff to stay fit in some way, at least that's oh, yeah, what, we, what we imagine it's like. Yeah, it is. No, there's heaps of physical stuff. So every week we would do, you know, what's called PT, I suppose, physical training, um, and that was that was, you know, we used to do airfield runs, which was really funny because we used to have to run around the airfield, which is 5Ks, right? Oh, wow. Back then I used to think that was so far. Because <laughs> <laughs> now 5Ks is a warm-up, so. You won't even go out. <laughs> pretty much not, I do. But it's like, you know, I, just, I, I think back to those days thinking, oh, man, running around that goddamn road around the airfield in bloody 40-degree heat because water is so hot. Yeah. Or freezing cold is, is either or. Yeah. Um, yeah, but we used to do... We used to do runs in columns, which I'd hated. No one likes running in columns because you have to run at a very slow pace, which is difficult. So, full that, so columns, is that like people next to you and behind yeah. you and in front of you? Yeah. yeah. So, so how, th- how many next? To, sorry, you were going to. Uh, so it was three columns of, so three columns yeah. and probably, I don't know, uh, six or seven to a row. So three, 18, oh, 18 wow. people there. And, and we used to have to run with packs. Yeah. Wow, and that was a kind of regular thing to to yep. keep you all. Did you do? Apart, I suppose you did do stuff outside of that because you did the cycling. Yeah, and, and I roller skated when I was a walker. I was big into roller skating back then. Roller skating. Yeah, it was a big thing. So I um, I would probably when we're allowed off base, we were allowed off base for the first six months because the first year was all about just being in the forces. Yeah, just and, learning and doing and doing um like you know basic training and things like that. So. You know, we had to, you know, we were taught how to shoot, all that sort of yeah. stuff. So um, that was funny. It's a really famous photo of our, our my flight. So there's 14 in flight seven. You know, there we are with AKs and SLRs. <laughs> we're all laughing now. Imagine letting all these bunch of 16-year-olds loose with SLRs. No, that's crazy. <laughs> what do you think that going? Oh, my God. You know, we're taught how to shoot for a kilometre, things like that. So oh, wow. It's pretty amazing. But, yeah, back then I was into roller skating because I used to do a lot of roller skating back in Melbourne. So I found a local rink, which I went and visited a year ago to see if it's still there. And, um, yeah, I was um, speed skating, roller hockey, general skating. I was the under-17 speed skating champion in 1981, I think, or two. Wow, that is very cool. Because I, I grew up on King Island, <laughs> there was not a skating rink, but I did have skates and there was cement out the front of my place. And whenever we went to Melbourne, um, would take my skates and go to the <laughs> skating rink. And I can remember seeing the speed skaters and stuff and it was like, wow, they're so fast. And like you try, think you were going fast, but like they'd be lapping oh, yeah. a lot. <laughs> it was 
just like kind of fun. That is great, cool. And so I remember the was it roller disco thing that used yep. to be for me. I could just remember thinking that was just amazing, like going at nighttime and having yep. music and all of that. It was like a whole another another world, I suppose. <laughs> that was a Saturday night at, at Wagga Rollerama. Saturday oh, there night. You go. Yeah, it was so funny. It's funny because now you know how you hear all the songs yeah. from your from your um, from the years. Yeah. <laughs> um, you you kind of you kind of um, you yeah they bring you right back. Yeah, it's like that emotion that was attached yeah. to that time yeah. for you. Yeah, it's, it's quite amazing. incredible. So, do you skate now? Just out of interest? Uh, no, I haven't done that for a long time except when I take the girls ice skating at the local ice skating rink which is now just closed so Tassie just lost the last the, it's only ice skating rink. I did hear that on the radio the other day, I didn't even know we had an ice skating rink which is a terrible thing to say but um, yeah, yeah, I thought that's a bit sad. Oh, there yeah. you go, there's a business opportunity for somebody open up an ice skating rink A lot of sad people around because they uh, you now there's no um, ice dancing or um, the ice skate, the hot ice hockey there's a bit of an ice hockey fine down here. So. Really? Oh, mm. wow. That's not good. Oh, no. well. <laughs> we can't do anything about it right now. Um, so you ended up in Tasmania, in Hobart. Yep. What did you do? What did I do? What did you do? So is it employment or? Yeah, like what did you do? Did you go, I suppose you were a mechanic, you were a trained mechanic from the Air Force? No, actually, well, when I got out, I made a couple of decisions. One, I was never going back on the tools. Okay. I wanted to deal with people, and that's that's been my thing for a long, long time. Um, and I wanted to be in a position where I could dictate my own terms in regards to what I could earn from a, from a working point of view. Yeah. So um, for the first year here, I brought down with me when I moved from Victoria, I moved, brought down a, a, a software package that was... Mm-hmm. Uh, designed for computers to go into the automotive industry. So mm-hmm. I wanted to still stay within the automotive industry because I yeah. knew it, um, but come from a different uh, viewpoint of, of efficiency and, you know, organisation and things like that because that's, you know, come from the Air Force. Everything's yeah. very organised, yeah, very totally. squared away. Uh, but I was a little bit early. The market wasn't ready for it. So I spent a yeah. bit of about eight or nine months to work out, mm, not making any money here, this is not mm-hmm. working. Uh, Tassie workshops weren't interested in computerising at the time. So uh-huh. some had. But, what year yeah. were we talking about? 90. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm, 1990. Yeah, a bit early. <laughs> anyway. thinking, thinking about me running around as a digital coach in 2012, 2013, like trying to get Tasmanian businesses to go online. Yeah. I can imagine, you know, 10 years earlier or whatever that was sort of. Yeah, 12 years earlier, you know, the idea of anything kind of <laughs> too techy takes a little while to turn this Titanic. <laughs> and so yeah. then you moved from that or you, what did you went sideways? What did you do? Oh, no, I, I actually thought about getting into real estate. So I applied for a real estate role and uh, didn't get it. I was second choice. Um, but he said, look, we put you on, but you don't know anybody because I, uh-huh. I didn't. You know, I yeah. didn't really have a mm-hmm. upbringing here or. And I think that circle really works in, in that. So yeah. I applied for a, another role with a, a company, a local company, family-owned company, mm-hmm. and uh, interviewed well but got turned down. Oh. That's all right. It happens. I was a bit <laughs> naive. It's like 
I've only ever had three job interviews in my whole life. So this was <laughs> this was the third one. About two weeks later, they rang back and said, um, "Actually, can you come back over? We'd like to have another chat." So I came back over, and uh, the turn turns out the guy they selected turned it down. Bummer for him. Great yeah. for me. Yeah. So, so then what happened? What kind of oh, business, yeah. what sort of business was that? So supplying specialised chemicals into the automotive industry. Oh, yeah. So and it was completely um, completely commission only. It was It's basically entrepreneurial, professional sales, entrepreneurial, professional sales. Mm-hmm. And, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it was really, really green, really out of my depth. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I had to sink or swim or learn to survive. So. And you had to because it was commission only back then. Had to provide, you know, provide our, we had to pay our own tax, we had to provide a car, so I had to go into debt. Wow. Yeah, you got the job, but you need to go and buy a car for six years later. <laughs> oh, wow. So you, did, how did that go? You got through that or? Yeah, yeah got through that. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, so became quite, you know, successful at it. I uh, yep. got promoted up to looking after new car dealerships, which is uh, a different world altogether and, um you know, those guys operate at a different level, but I can mm-hmm. talk to them at their level. You know, I, once again, we talked a bit about personal development before. I had to, you know, I learned, you know, I did some personal development and, and I learned um, how those businesses operate so I yeah. can deal with some of those and uh, yeah. won a few awards along the way, a lot, a lot of seven, seven state awards, top awards. So That's amazing. Yeah. And so what do you do now? Like this, I'm still actually working for that company. As well as running an online uh, wellness business, so look at you. Yeah. <laughs> so that that was a family company, you said. So that, is. yeah, and yeah. so you're kind of part of the family now, I reckon. Pretty well, and some of my clients have uh, been dealing with for nearly 28, 29 years. Uh, I've been dealing mostly some of the dealerships I've been dealing with for twenty five, so I'm very much part of their furniture. So huh. good when you can buy a car because they look after you. Yeah, they know who you are. <laughs> Yeah, I've earned the respect, earned the trust, yeah, uh, which is important in you know human relations and uh, business relationships. And my philosophy has always been to help somebody else get something. Yeah, and if that happens, then I get something. So, yeah, and it has to be a win both ways. That sales um, is really about being a good people person and being able to do just what you said, help help both sides of the equation have a win. Yeah, exactly, because it's got to be mutually beneficial. So um, that's been my philosophy, and I guess that's why that's endeared me to some people for so long. And uh, I guess um, it's always been challenging. Uh, it's an extremely fast-moving industry, particularly in the last 10 years. Um, a lot of people don't realise how technical motor vehicles have got. Mm. Most of them have got somewhere between 30 to 40 modules, which is the little computers that control yeah. lots of different um, operations within a car. And within those modules is probably, I don't know, 15, 18 super, you know, super um, semiconductors, which is the big problem for getting new cars. Well, my my husband likes to fix our cars, so we have to keep buying older ones because the newer models are not something that he can fix, is what he was yeah, telling right. me the other day when I was saying I want a new car. <laughs> saying no no i don't think i could fix it if you got like a car that was too new so anyway that's where we're stuck um, <laughs> in our world uh, so and you've also got a um an online health and wellness business yeah you were saying how long ago did you start that up a couple of years ago mm-hmm. came across a and this put a tie into my longest longer story but it came across a product that's unique so yeah. the 
interesting, my experience with, for the last 30 years has been supplying a unique product or unique chemicals mm-hmm. into the automotive industry. So mm-hmm. this, this aligned with that, but it also from a health and wellness um, perspective because of my longer-term story, which you'll find out about in a minute. So mm-hmm. I um, came across this product that's unique, mm-hmm. um, but it's natural and basically people sleep better, feel better, yeah. have more energy, um, yeah. and um, it's been around for about 20 years, but only in Australia for about the last four. So it's very, it's very, very no, one knows, no, yeah. no one knows anything about it. So, yeah, so do you have like a website that you, yep. Yep. So if you want, we can put that in the show notes as well. So people can go and check it out. Okay, cool. Yeah. I don't know if there's anything else you want to talk to them about it. Um, peer reviewed. So yeah. it's been published. So there's been 20, there's been 31 independent studies 27 are published on PubMed. So I've had to, okay. I've started to learn a little bit about the downfalls of Google. So Google has not some good things about it because people go to Google, and make decisions yeah. based on what they read there, which, dis- which unfortunately, if someone's paid, as you would know from the marketing background, digital yeah. marketing background, if yeah. you're paid to have your brief, your mm-hmm. topic at the top, whether it be negative or positive, mm-hmm. people read that and then they make a decision that they probably shouldn't make on on someone else's someone else's um, opinion, not the facts. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm a big fact, fact checker. Have been for a long time. Yeah, especially in this day and age, hasn't that been important yeah. in the last, you know, through Trump and then um, <laughs> yeah. in COVID, yeah. <laughs> like fact checking has been quite a, yeah. a thing now. I think. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the benefit of um, this particular product is a, a is unique, b it's mm-hmm independently tested, but it helps, particularly for athletes, helps okay. recovery. Oh, helps wow. recovery and speeds up recovery. Yeah. So well, that's, that's my, and I prove that to myself. So Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we can get other people to click on the link and, um, and go and have a little look and, and look at that peer-reviewed um, research that you're talking about as well so that yeah. they can make informed decisions about stuff. Right. That's all I'm about. I just... I'm not there to, and it's not something that I sell. It's more yeah. about empowering people with knowledge to make an educated decision. That's yeah. the way I look at it. Yeah. That's kind of how I feel about this podcast in a way, like wanting to get more people to understand that running's not just good for your physical body, but it's really good for your mental health as well. And hopefully by sharing mm. lots of people's stories, that'll come across because mm. otherwise it's not, you know, we think mm. it's common knowledge because we're runners, many of us anyway, but um, it's actually not necessarily. Anyway, there you go. Um, little public service health announcement there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> now you you alluded then to why you even went looking for you know something. So tell us a little bit about that. Like you said, you would share. Why did you start running? How did you start? That's running? a great How question. How did it even get into your life beyond? Uh, That's a fabulous question. And then when did you start running? Okay, so my story gets really interesting now. So. <laughs> In, uh, let's quickly backtrack. So I had a first wife. Yep. She decided she didn't want to be married anymore. I had and first husband. <laughs> no, so I didn't know anything about that apart from the fact that, you know, we're going to go our separate ways. Okay. Oh. Move on. Um, eventually met, well, I actually knew the lady that I'm married to now. I had known mm-hmm. for a long time. So we were remarried in 2005 and we yep. restarted another family. So I've got four children, yep. two boys to my first wife and two girls to my second. Mm-hmm. So Sienna was born in 2005 and Alira was born in 2009. Mm-hmm. In 2000, 
and 10 on the 28th of October, our family life changed forever. Mm-hmm. My wife, who was stationed in a vehicle, was hit from behind and she had a neck turned to her left and she was turning to her father and she got severe whiplash. No, out. So that began a journey that's still going today, 12 years later. So mm-hmm. she's now in a wheelchair mm-hmm. and disabled. So back then, um, she struggled with neck pain, shoulder pain, um, migraines, all sorts of you know, anxiety. Yeah. We began a journey of various different uh, physios and that turned into some nerve aid, nerve blocks with some mm-hmm. specialised people. That turned, she'd, she'd given up work, so she hasn't worked since then. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had an 18-month-old and a, and a six-year-old. That's challenging. Uh, I was, I've done everything since pretty much. Mm-hmm. So I do all the, you know, I used to do all the cooking. I, don't do, mm-hmm. I do all the cooking, don't do the cleaning now, but um, mm-hmm. all the cleaning, running around, yeah. you know, taking care of her, working full time. Mm-hmm. So in 2013, um, I'd put on a bit of weight mm-hmm. and I had the absolute shit scared out of me by the, my doctor who I'd been yeah. seeing forever. So uh-huh. once again, getting back to relationships, we had a personal relationship. So she could afford to be blunt. She said, you're 48, you're heading down the wrong road. Wow. You know, I was 100 and, 105 kilos. I was 116 centimetres around the chest, 113 centimetres around the waist. Mm. Like, yeah, I was uh, how stressed tall are you? out. Did you say how tall you were? Sorry? How tall are you? 180. Mm-hmm. So I had the wrong BMI, put it that way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, so um, she encouraged me to make some changes. So, not so much looking after yourself, I guess. That's probably how. Yeah. Put it. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. So in 2013, um, my neighbour across the road who, who joined a gym was encouraging me. No, you need to come to the gym. You need to come to the gym. You're really cool. Blah blah blah. So I thought in January 2013, I need to make some changes. Otherwise, I'm not going to be around. You know, I'm a heart attack waiting to happen down the road. Yeah. So yeah, especially with. The role as well that I that I worked with, you know, there's, there's a lot of stress and there's a lot of um, pressure. Mm-hmm. So, in 2013 January, I joined the gym and really loved it. Had a ball. It was a bit of it was like group PT. Yeah, a lot yeah. of fun. You know, we did boxing. I'd never done that before, so I got quite good at that. So that was fun. Um, but they decided as a team to enter the um, city casino and the seven K as a mm-hmm. team. So I put my hand, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll do that because I like that. I like community, you know, yeah, being with people, groups of people doing stuff. So I, would, <laughs> I did some, some bit of running, had a treadmill, started doing some practice on the treadmill. And, oh, man, I looked at some of the posts back then. It's like, oh, my God. <laughs> I was so pumped because I managed to get to this pace and all this. That's awesome. uh, which is great because it just goes to show how far that we come in our running journey. You know, when we all yeah. start off, it's like everything else in life. We start the same. Yeah, exactly. absolutely. At the at the at the beginning, you know, your running journey is at the beginning. You've got to learn like any other skill. You've got to learn yep. how to do yep. it and, and to persist with it and fail mm-hmm. and play. You know, a few mm-hmm. successes, fail a bit more. You know, so um, yeah. So we did the city casino and I ran that. That was my first fun run. Twenty thirteen. What month was that? What month did they May. in May? So it was only sort of five months after you'd gone yeah. to the gym. You were running a seven yeah. k, I suppose. Yeah. yeah, it was a seven, yeah. Hmm. And I think I did it in, I um, uh, can't remember what it was. I was pretty pumped because I remember doing, I was 
I ended up doing the event better than I had done. So I've been running on the treadmill, you see. Yeah. And I think I, I thought, wow, if I get down there in 45 minutes, I'll be happy. You know, and I think I did 39 or something. I was oh, so wow. pumped. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So, so the gym work must have also really helped with losing the weight and oh, yeah, yeah. feeling stronger help and all of yeah. that. Help, be, help my cardio. Especially over that over five months to be able to do a 7K. And that, that's awesome. Yeah. Like if you think about it, to go from where you were in that yeah. quite a short period of time, really. I was just thinking. Yeah, so plus you feel good about it. So then the natural progression from that is to obviously work up to a 10. I quite and I think um, <laughs> what's next. So I think I don't think I did morning that year. Maybe I did. No, I don't think I did. I didn't do morning. Mm-hmm. I think the first 10 was, um, uh, oh, no, I walked, I walked Point to Pinnacle that year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Never do that again walking. That's so hard. I always walk the last bit of that one. Uh, <laughs> like when I get to a stage where my running seems to be no faster than a walking pace <laughs> and I can actually breathe if I walk. <laughs> yeah. I think my first team was a bridge run. Okay. Yeah. Or, or Canberra, one of those two. I don't know which one it was. Yeah. yeah. So In 2014. The, the continuing to run after that initial thing, was it, can you remember if it was crossing the line or that, you know, these new friends of yours from perhaps the gym or from the, the, um, the running, uh, they, you know, they're like, oh, we're all signing up for something or, and you kind of all join it together or were you sort of just looking for that finish line fever? I don't know what we call it. Because <laughs> a few people oh, have said recently about, yeah, I just wanted to do it again. Like I crossed that finish line and I just felt so great. I just wanted to do that again. Uh, I think it was that actually. It's the, it's the achievement of crossing the line and, and being, you know, you've, you've done something. Yeah. You know, as we all know, when you finish that, when you cross that finish line, it's the most rewarding, and you know, that feeling you get, particularly like something like Point to Pinnacle. When you cross that finish line, it's like, oh, God, I'm so stuffed. But this was, yeah. you know, the high is amazing. Runners high, I suppose. We all know what yeah. it's like. Yeah, it's great. Um, <laughs> and, and I guess it was part of the team. You know, we had a great team and yeah. probably a little bit of healthy competition. Um, you know, there's a few people there who were way younger than me that were just, you know, I was, I was just amazed. I thought, oh, wow. You know, that was inspiring for me. Yeah. And inspiring to do better. So you just kept going. Like we're talking about 2013. Yep. After that, you, you've not really stopped running, I assume, or have you? Or how does no, I haven't running stopped. Mm-hmm. No, I haven't stopped. So this will yeah. be my ninth year of running. So yeah, I um, did the, the, yeah, the natural progression. Do the seven, do the yeah. 10. Okay, it's only a half. It's not that far. Then do a mirror. Yeah. You know, that's not that far. Then do an ultra. So, yeah. um, yeah, so over the... The next few years, it was. Um, I remember doing bridge run, Lonnie run, you know, Lonnie ten. I did all the major ones. Yeah. Did I think I, ran, I think I ran point in twenty all of them. Be over there on the wall. <laughs> all my ribbons are there somewhere. Um, yeah, I did the point. I think it was twenty fourteen or fifteen was the first one. Yeah. Um, but I remember doing. The bridge run in 2016, and you know sometimes your mind is better than the body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you look at the cross the finish line in uh, 2016, I stumbled across the line because I was nearly passing out because I'd gone so hard, particularly in the last couple of k's. Wow. Um, once again, stupid stuff because the mind—you can do it, you can do it. 
but the body really wasn't, you know, I really pushed myself. And I, if you look at it, I was wobbly coming across the finish line because I was probably about to pass so, so why do you think you why do you think you pushed yourself then? Like and you said time. Line. is it so is it so you chase times? Is that yeah. what you find now? Is that one of the things that inspires you now for you to keep um it was. Um and probably to um, you know, a bit of healthy competition with some other people. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I was still heavy, he- still pretty heavy back then. I wasn't heavier. Yeah. I'd lost some weight, but I yeah. still wasn't, you know, that you're I've always, I've always not, not necessarily struggled with weight, but I'm just a bigger fellow. So, mm-hmm. yeah. anyway, um, and so then we went on, uh, took the family, went overseas for six weeks, went to America. Uh-huh. And um, when we came back, I decided then that I needed to get a bit smarter about running because I, I knew that the bridge run wasn't a really good run. It was a, it was it was a silly thing to do, and I mm-hmm. reflected on that by going, mm-hmm. you know what, I need to do this better. <laughs> so, so what yeah, did you do? So, what, does, what does better look like for you, Andrew? Well, I had a chat with a, a friend of mine who's sort of actually. I started running. I was doing long distance running out of the winter, and mm-hmm. um, friend from the gym, ex neighbour, took me under. She's a runner. Probably mm-hmm. should get on the podcast. Actually, should yeah. be on that. Yeah. Yes. love recommendations. <laughs> so, um, she took me kind of under a wing and started just teaching me a bit about running because she's been running for ages and she's a long-term runner. Um, So, yeah, she took me under a wing and she caught up with me one day and said, oh, can I run with you? I said, yeah. And so kind of subtly she she was um, just educating me with running and bits of stuff about that and we ended up doing a lot of distances. And then she said to me in September, October, do you know you're really deep into a marathon program? No. Oh, that's crazy. So um, so you kind of accidentally no, sorry. trained for it was, a marathon. No, it was, no, it was longer distance. That's right. I, she said, "Yeah, you could almost do a half marathon." So, wow. Yeah. So that was twenty sixteen. No, well, no. Sorry, it was a marathon. No, I was deep into a marathon. That's right. Because mm. I've already done the half. I've already done the half at Cadbury. That's right. So I've done a really long run and I did the half at Cadbury and then I did the bridge run and that was where I pushed myself because I figured you know I'd done the half, so ten k's, you know. Mm-hmm. That's, that's why, yeah, this now, now I know the journey. That's right. <laughs> yeah, so um, she sowed the seed. So um, started thinking about that and uh, ended up uh, entering Cadbury for my first marathon. First first event of the year was a marathon. 2017 then. 2017. Yeah. And uh, ran it in 354. Oh, my gosh. That's awesome. How, how did you feel? Like- Stuffed. <laughs> Apart from the uh, physical feeling, how did you feel emotionally? <laughs> oh, amazing! It was a. Oh, I'll never forget that feeling because, um, oh yeah, you just oh, just run a marathon. Like all of a sudden, you know, you're in that club. Yeah. Not everybody runs yeah. 42 k. So, um, right. yeah, it's a pretty special feeling. Although I have to say, and I don't want to burst your bubble, but once I once I ran a marathon, I suddenly realised that people were running even further, like a lot of them. <laughs> And because you, your group of friends become people who run marathons or ultras, you know, it's got it's yeah. a weird thing, and it's suddenly um, normal. Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> but I know we are in. It's not rarefied air, but or maybe it is. I don't know if you were to take the general population rather than because you surround yourself by people who are like minded as a rule, and so yeah. you end up <laughs> you end up thinking running a marathon's normal. <laughs> I know when I first told my dad I was running a marathon when I ran the first one. No, we had a dinner, just a family dinner, a few weeks before I was heading to Melbourne. I, my Melbourne was my first one, and he um, he actually was crying. 
he said, you'll be the first person in my family who's ever done anything like that. Ah. I, don't even, I don't know if that's actually true, but, you know, wow. his emotion at that time was like, this is awesome. Like he's a golfer and skier and I don't know, he's a cricketer. He always has been a sporty person, but he'd never attempted something like that. So, and didn't know anyone in his family who had, so he was pretty chuffed. Um, what about your family? Same. How did, how yeah, did they feel? Oh, they were pretty, they were amazed for me. And it's interesting now, um, all my siblings have took, have taken up, over the last few years, have taken up running. Wow. So it's that's. Because of you in many, like that's yeah, where that impetus yeah. has come from. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so that's, that's what, that's, that's the journey. You know, 2017 was my first marathon and I was pretty happy with that. So. And you've run yeah, some ultras uh, too, you said? Yeah, well, that's, this is where, you know, that, you know, that is, oh, an ultra now so that's not that's only another 20 k's it's not that much so um yeah i did i end up doing um lonnie and um uh somewhere around about then i sat down with uh jason ellie who's my coach mm-hmm. very well known and uh coach in tassie mm-hmm. and he lives around the corner and yeah. my friend who introduced me took me under wing she'd done some stuff with him so we ended up having a coffee at our local local cafe and uh I said to him, I know it was, it was in July, it was after Lonnie 10. Mm-hmm. She said, oh, I think Andrew wants to have a chat. He's thinking about uh, doing the ultra, bringing on ultra as a, as a solo. Mm-hmm. And I said, I've just, you know, got any hits or tips? And he said, yeah, sure. We sorry, he scratched out a plan on a napkin. Oh, wow, that's awesome. <laughs> he said, follow that. So um, you did. That's what I did. It was really funny because the point depending on that, he was a taper run. <laughs> <laughs> And it was my best best point of pinnacle ever. No so, way. Yeah, that was that year that was really hot. Everyone yeah. was falling over on the way up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that was my that was a taper run. It was uh, equivalent to about thirty k's, I think. So about, by then I'd been out to fifty k's, and I was coming down. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. That's so then did did uh, then I did Brandy on Ultra, and um, I, the story behind that's quite. I'll tell you the story behind that. It's pretty amazing. So my wife, who is over this year, over these years, mm-hmm. you know, she was she had a neck fusion in 2014 mm-hmm. by Andrew Hun. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2015, she was diagnosed with um, incestuous no, yeah, cystitis. Uh, 2016, she was diagnosed with uh, autonomic neuropathy, which is her main issue. So she's on medication to support her blood pressure. So when she stands up, it collapses. Uh, yeah. This is from the neck nerve injury. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then she was diagnosed with Crohn's and also uh, migraine disease as well as PTSD. So Holy in this time, really? running's been my saviour in the sense mm. of, you know, I needed an escape for me to go yeah. running. So Sunday long runs became my thing. Yeah. You know, I could just chill out, just run for two or three hours, whatever the case might be, mm-hmm. to keep myself on the narrow, straight and narrow, otherwise I'd be a miss so uh i love that it's really powerful actually like yeah. that statement in itself that just being able to get out and just be with yourself with the environment just with your body and be in the moment um and just get away from all the pressures of your everyday life um, yeah. yeah yeah so that's an otherwise going to be taking medication or something like that mm-hmm. now i needed i knew that i needed to find an outlet that was just for me and it's not being selfish. It's just no. if I if I can't function, our whole family stops. Exactly. Uh, I'm not, I'm the only one 
No, I'm the only one that generates income for our family. So yep. the only one that does, you know, I just can't afford it. And the other thing was for health, it was health and wellness. You know, mm-hmm. I needed all the tools in my toolbox to, to, to make sure that I'm as healthy as I can be. Mm-hmm. So this, you can see how this whole journey is coming together. Yeah. So, yeah, so I did the ultra, but my son, who happened to be on a six-month sabbatical from uni because he mm-hmm. decided to change degrees, was at home. <laughs> And uh, I asked him whether he'd be my support driver. Yeah. And because uh, you have to have a support person. Mm-hmm. So the day before Susie was unreal and we ended up having to put her in a hospital. So I thought, man, this is going to throw my whole plan out because we're going to go down to Bruny, stay there, mm-hmm. stay at Bruny on the, on the Friday night as everyone else does. So mm-hmm. you can start at five or six in the morning. Yeah. yeah. And um, couldn't do that. And I said to Susie, look, what do I do? She said, look, I'm going to be in hospital, best place for me. I can't do anything. You can't do anything. Go and do the run. You've trained for it. You've spent four months training mm-hmm. for it. So I said to my son, be at my house, stay overnight, and we'll do a, we'll do a, Bruni, run, a Bruni first ferry run wow. first thing Saturday morning. And uh, so we got really early, drove down to, the, catch, to be in the queue to catch the first ferry, got over on the first ferry, thankfully, and then, oh, my God, you can't drive around the normal road. You have to go around no, all the roads. No, yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> I did so it took that. 40 minutes to get to the start line. Wow. So I finally got there and uh, went to the registration thing. She goes, I said, oh, yeah, Andrew Woodford, blah, blah, I'm doing a sign. She said, they've all left. <laughs> I said, oh, no. <laughs> she said, it's, I'll get you in the next wave. You've got until 2.30, you know, that's when the cutoff was. So wow. I went, oh, my God. So this is a quarter past eight. Oh, my gosh. So they put me in the next wave and off I went. And I went out way too hard first. Um, yeah. I said to my son, meet me, at, meet me at 20Ks and, you know, for refueling or whatever. Um, but I went, I was running 530s for the first 15Ks. Yeah. Up and down those dirt roads. Up down that hill, yeah. <laughs> out of the... Stupid person. So, you know, he met, met, met me, he's waiting me at 20. He said, nah, I'm all good. Meet me at 30, which is on the neck halfway through. So yeah. I ran the next 10. Got passed by... Um, Oh, Dave Thomas and um, Miriam, because they were in a fast team, and I'm going, oh my god, these guys are sprinting! How are they doing this? Like, just literally rocketed past me. I was so yeah. impressed. Yeah. You know, I'm going down the neck, trotting along, doing. You know, I, <laughs> my plan was to stick at six, six minute yeah. k, which yeah. is pretty slow. But anyway, I was doing five thirties, five thirty fives, I suppose. So I met my son, got a heap of water, got some more gels and all that sort of stuff. Pouring as rain. That was a year of rain the whole time. Yeah. Soaked mm-hmm. the skin and then took off. And that's when the hills start. Nobody told me how hilly it was. <laughs> really hilly in that second half. <laughs> yeah. So it became a bit of a struggle and because uh, I went out too fast and, um, you know, I was dropping back and walking some of the hills and running down the others. And then all these people are going back and they'd all finish. Yeah. I think, and I, I didn't tell anybody either. I did the event. I didn't tell anybody. Oh, I seen some of the guys in the gym going, it's Andrew. They're waving at the windscreen. <laughs> <laughs> so, that was a nice surprise. Yeah, so it was a nice surprise. So anyway, I got down there and um, oh, I stopped at the gate. Didn't know you had because no one around. Didn't know you had to go to the bloody top of the, the steps. So I found out they had to go to the lighthouse. So so yeah, I got down there. I think it was six minutes, six and a half hours. But I actually did finish. I think it was the finish time was six hours fifty something because. Because I didn't know I had to go to the putty top of the steps. No. <laughs> uh, so you got up the steps, 
to got the obligatory photo with the sign and yeah, so um So you did it. So I did it, yeah. Like I was yeah. I'd tell you what, the last ten was really hard. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to quit, but I but I knew that I, I you know, I knew I had to do it. So yeah, you know, I did it. And uh, yeah, so I got back to the car and I said to my son, I am never doing this again, which is now wrong because I, I was gonna say, have you done it again? No, I haven't done it, but I'm keen to. You are. Uh, my legs were so sore. And then he drove like a bloody rally driver back to the bloody to the to the ferry, and then we pulled into Margate Banjos and my oh, man, I hooved some food, I can tell you. Oh my god. So you didn't even go around to is it a Lana to the No, no, I need to get back to the hospital. So I went yeah, of course. we pulled in there and had a, you know, a real coffee and lots yeah. of food and went straight to the hospital. And mm-hmm. the interesting thing, it, what actually happened though, from that, that inspired my son. Oh. He took a photo in the post. It's just one of the best posts I've ever seen, which made me so, made me tear up, I suppose. Oh. Uh, and then he kept a photo of that in his uni room. Wow. So I don't know whether, for what reason, I never asked him. But uh, he said, no, I've got a photo of that photo. You come up the hill, Dad. So, oh. so whether that's inspired him for his studying or he's now taking up, really, he's got really serious running the last couple of months. So, yeah. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? I love that. Like it's one of the things we talk about on the podcast, actually, like especially to parents and actually to people who've, whose parents were running, but just that effect it has on children, on your yeah. children, even if they don't necessarily run at the time that you no. do or whatever, um, it, it means it's in their toolbox. If yeah. they, like their toolbox of life. Later on, they'll know, well, you know, mum, dad used to run or does run and so therefore they're, you know, their DNA is in my DNA. I can run later if I need to as well or whatever, you know, not just to catch a bus, but if I you know, suddenly decide I need to get healthier, I want to get healthier. So mm. I love that. Mm. Yeah, well, I think that's, it's, it, well, he runs now and um, mm. you know, I've done a few 5Ks with my daughter and um, she, she, both my daughters are hypermobile because Susie's hypermobile and they're dancers. Um, so, but it's, it's helped her with her um, she does a lot of high energy dancing, so hip hop and yeah. stuff like that. So it's help, actually helping the cardio. Oh, of course. Uh, but she's not doing a lot of running at the moment. But I wonder yeah. whether down the track it will. You know. Yeah. Well, I'm sure it will. So, what goals do you have at the moment with your running? Uh, I've got a long-standing goal, and that's to break forty for ten. That used to I'm be not... one of my goals. I never got there, and I feel yeah. too old now. <laughs> I, I, I kind of think that I can still do it, but I'm, I'm a, not now because I haven't done. A heap this year, but um, I'm, my fastest is 43, so yeah. still got to find three minutes, which is, as we know, a light years in running. So. Well, I got to 45, but yeah, I think I'm a slow runner. I just like running slow now. Yeah. <laughs> and I want to hit the, the trails more. Mm. Yeah, no, I could do. I could get into that. Actually, I could really get into trail running because you don't have that pressure of like, you know, yeah, time. So, exactly. um, yeah, but yeah, no, I, I do. I just enjoy the the running. I can do or do. You know, I have. I've got some long-term ambition goals of doing the Abbott series. Um, What's the Abbott series? That's the six majors around the world. Oh, yeah? Wow. Yes, it's a bit of a, you know, so that's New York, Boston, Tokyo, Paris, London, and Berlin. Yeah. Perfect. What a great goal. I love that. I love running tourism as well. Like that, go to a place and explore it either, you know, with running and going to an event and being part of it and it's all really pretty cool. It's all stopped for the last couple of years so you don't see much about it. But um, stopped a little bit. Yeah, this little bug turned to 
sort of turned the world upside down. And uh, It absolutely did. So you had uh, this little bug earlier in the year, you were saying, before we got on? Oh, only last, COVID. In the last couple of months, yeah. So Very I recently? Yeah, recently, yeah. So I, um, as I just said to you at the start, yeah. my last run was around the Formula 1 track in Melbourne yeah. a month ago. Well, I'm sure there'll be people who will be really keen. Like I've obviously been around the very outside of that uh, during the Melbourne Marathon a few times, but um, yeah. but not actually, yeah, what, you know, you explain what uh, you told me about the run that you got to do there. Well, I wanted to run exactly around the track. So because the, the main straight where the grandstand isn't actually, or it's part of it, it becomes an all roads like a car park. Mm-hmm. Most people don't run around there. So I went around that and they were dismantling because mm-hmm. the Formula One had been on the weekend before. Yeah. Uh, and so I came to the main straight and there's cranes everywhere and the guy with a, you know, one of the stop signs and he said, oh, hang on a sec. He said, what are you doing? I said, I just wanted, I'm trying to do exactly the lap. He said, oh, hang on a sec. I'll stop the traffic. You can run down the straight. So that was pretty cool. So I ran all the way down the straight and ran the next corner and ran the next bit. Did you feel like you have to run like really fast? Oh, did Because <laughs> I didn't want to hold the traffic up. So I sort of did a bit of a, bit of a pasty straight run. And, That's hilarious. Yeah, it's quite funny, really. Um, and so you're also uh, so the COVID, then you got COVID, and that's kind of slowed you down a little bit because we have to be very careful when we're coming out of. COVID. Absolutely, and and I mean, to me, it was just a head cold, but the cough was pretty pretty nasty, and it hung on for a bit. And I found that the cold air tended to, tend to make it a little bit worse. So mm-hmm. my coach said to me, "Don't get long COVID, just yeah. walk." Mm-hmm. So, um, good, good advice. Fine, I'll, I'll listen to him, and because I don't want to get that, and uh, yeah. I can't afford to be, uh, can't afford to get sick. Full stop. So, mm-hmm. we, um, yeah. So I've just, I've had a month break, which has actually been really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've just started to get out there about and go for a bit of a run. Yeah. Um, so I'm actually looking forward to. It. I'm actually hanging for a run. <laughs> Everybody's running when you can't run. That's what I noticed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's, just, it's a bit like when you suddenly want a particular type of car, which will appear to you. Um, you, you see it everywhere. Like suddenly there's like whatever that model is, it's everywhere. It's like, what? Uh, when you can't yeah, run, true. everybody's running. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I can see them, you know, running along because I live just on the river yeah. and they run past. It's like they're doing it on purpose. <laughs> stop it. Yeah, stop it. Go around me. <laughs> That's right. Um, so, okay, when you, in your normal running sort of, time how do you motivate yourself to get out like obviously you've now run a number of runs which have required a running plan so you know that you need to go out and do xyz whatever the coach has set and whatever's in your plan how do you do it on those days when you really don't want to go for different reasons how do you get yourself motivated uh i just do it i guess that comes from as you said i don't need to do much reviews i'm pretty well self-motivated but i guess yeah. that just comes from discipline which you know the air force ingrained in me for whole life mm. some things I, I look at and go because i live next to me is a street that's got a hill on it and that's what i do with hill sprints mm-hmm. but it's actually too steep for doing hill sprints but i do them anyway <laughs> and uh, i sort of go oh this is going to be not fun you know but i've learned yeah, the first yeah. few i the first few i nearly vomited because i was going too hard and <laughs> And I actually, I posted on Strava and one of the followers on Strava said, oh, my God, I was coming down the hill. You were going so fast. So I've learned to, I've learned to you know, not go stupid. You know, I've yeah, learned yeah. to do them at, the, at a pace that's challenging enough but not to the point where you're going to throw up because it's done. Yeah, yeah, because, well, ultimately. Yeah. Well, I think, well, there's two things there that it makes me think of. Not enough people are comfortable with being uncomfortable and I'm sure the force has helped you 
get over that and realize that being uncomfortable, especially for a goal, for an end thing, um, is actually a good thing. And being comfortable all the time is not good. But but also there's that element of if we don't enjoy some part of what we're doing, it's very hard to keep doing it. So there's obviously something even in all those hill sprints that you get a little bit of something at some point that you're able to focus on and say, you know, whether it is I just really like the satisfaction that I feel when I finished my hill sprints or... Whatever. Yeah, that, that's it, it's the it's the satisfaction of, of moving and, and completed something and done it. Mm. Um, let's face it, we get you know we get our feel good endorphins. So I understand mm. enough now about the human body and the chemical release from doing exercise. Mm. I mean that's you know we all talk about the runners high. Yeah. Um, you know you just feel you know I do everything in the morning because I just haven't got time at night. So I get up pretty early and do stuff in the morning. Yeah. It's just yeah. sets you up for the day. Um, yeah. Mindset's great, you know, your focus, clarity, uh, you know, it's just, and, I, and you just feel good. You know, if you're really, you've got some, you know, feel good endorphins floating around the body. So, um, yeah, to start the yeah, day. Yeah, just, that's, that's, that's what I, you know, I get. I love that. I love that feeling. I love the feeling of, you know, I've just done that. I've just done a, a, a minor, you know, a minor run or, a, yeah. you know, some, I don't like doing 2K intervals much. You know, I struggle with those. Um, but, uh, you know, that's what you've got to be doing. I've got, you know, all around me now in my local area, I've got, you know, I know that's 1K to there to there. So I know if I do two of those and then mm-hmm. do a 90-second break, then do another two and then, you know, do three yeah. sets of 2K intervals sort of thing. Uh, long runs, I do. I enjoy long runs, though. Yeah, so do I. I. In the sprinting, I was just thinking, what do I enjoy about the sprinting? I was a sprinter at school. Um, so I used to enjoy that. So I've got that memory, like that muscle memory in my the back mm. of my brain. But when I start do sprint work, which I don't do enough of, by the way, um, <laughs> it's the, the first bit. I really like that initial bit before the lactic acid and everything kicks in. I really yeah. love that feeling of moving fast. Yeah. When when you the no pain part, <laughs> it's kind of like yeah. it might only be like I don't know ten meters, or 20 yeah. meters, but I love that initial bit. And so, like you were saying, the two Ks when you're trying to maintain that kind of thing, that's an um, that does actually hurt quite a bit. <laughs> it does, yeah. But, um, as I said, I don't do enough of that. Do you? Um, are you still going to the gym and doing strength work as well? I I stopped going. Well, COVID fixed up that gym. Yeah, unfortunately, okay. um, and but I have two um, two people that were left over from that gym that do mm-hmm. PT now. Okay. So up until a few months ago, I've been I've just continued on doing um, uh, just PT. Okay, so you done strength. You do strength work as part yeah, of your strength. plan as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. just strength work. Yeah, yeah, that's again um, very important. Yeah, just it's just strength work, sled work, you know, mm-hmm. weights. Yeah. Um, but I, I do stuff at home now. So. Yeah. So how often in a week are you doing something, you know, when you're not getting over COVID? In uh, I would do, well, my normal plan was uh, I'd run four times a week. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I sometimes would do extra things. I'd throw in extra ones. I, like I, got, I, don't, I have a little Saturday morning here. I'm just like, I'm just going to do 5Ks, not a park run because it's too late for me. But, yeah. you know, I'm going to do a park run and get a coffee. And, yeah. Uh, I've got this 5K circuit, which I just do. Is I just, you know, it's on the beach. Yeah, it's great, you know. Um, you know, I follow up with a Sunday long run. Monday's usually a rest. Tuesday I might yeah. do some intervals or sprint work. Wednesday is uh, strength. Mm-hmm. Thursday could be sort of like eight k's. Friday's a rest. Yeah. So, 
not turning the bike this year. I've got on the bike this year. So oh, first again. Time wow. Yeah. That'd be great. But, but the bike out. The bike I had for 10 years and hardly ridden. So. Do you know how much the bike technology has changed in 10 years? A lot. <laughs> I was just thinking it's probably heavier than most of the bikes. Well, it's, pretty, it's, it's actually aluminium so, frame. It's very okay. light. My wife bought it for me from uh, off one of her, her uh, friends, husbands, who was yeah. he, back then he was into the best of everything. So okay. um, it would have been, it was top of the range back then. So it's, it's pretty light. But uh, I've really enjoyed that too. Uh, wanted to do less impact but keep the cardio up. So, yeah. and it actually, Jason was saying how much it actually helps running, which is true because the cadence is your cadence becomes very set because of, um, you know, you're cycling mm. and you're mm. keeping that cadence. Both legs are doing the same mm. thing. So, mm. yeah, so for running, it, it helps to um, keep your cadence pretty well. Spot on. So whether it's fast cadence or slow, but it's very consistent. Interesting. I should get get my bike out. Um, do you run with people much? Like I know you've talked about not, a couple of people. Not often. Mm-hmm. Not often. Occasionally, uh, I've got a few people. That, yeah, because I do it so early. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but occasionally, yeah, I do. I like to go and run with some people. Good. Yeah, I imagine. Um, and mostly, you like to run. On the road, or that's sort of how it's been at the moment, or are you do you mix it up with trails as well now? No, I mix it up with um, trails in the beach, mm-hmm. in the sand, yep. <laughs> soft sand. That's uh, trying to do the hard sand. Sometimes I go down to Seven Mile Beach, which is oh, yeah. you know if you if you measure it, it's nine k's from one end to the other, so you can do eighteen k's. Yeah, oh, that's all right. That's mm-hmm. not, that's not too bad at all. Or it's batshit because it's just. Beach. <laughs> Beach. And it's just a straight curve. Yeah, and you can so. see the whole thing. Yeah. We think it's nine coves one to the other, but it is. So. That's crazy. I don't know. Beaches are part of the convicts and wenches beach. Um, beaches. There's lots of beaches. But one of the beaches is um, belong to Baker's Beach, and it's 7K in one direction, then you turn around and come back. So it's 14K. Just that's good, the same beach. <laughs> so, right. And that's like in the middle of their 52Ks. <laughs> Like, whoa. Oh, anyway, so you have to come up and do that at some point. And yes, do, you, fun? do you um do you listen to stuff when you're running or are you just with your thoughts? Uh, a few years ago, yes. I was running with uh yeah, I listened to mainly either podcasts or personal development. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh great time to be, you know, you, you can choose through some books, long runs. You can. Um, but of the last probably 18 months. I've just run just um, with nothing, just you know, listen to my breathing, uh, you know, getting the smells, listen to the nature. I find the running on the beach is uh, quite uh, cathartic in the sense that listen to the uh, the waves and, you know, and I find that really relaxing. So That kind of being in the moment. There's a... There is a name for, you know, the kind of sounds that we have in nature, like rain and waves and things like that. Mm. Um, You can Google it and go on YouTube and people use it to go to sleep. Those kind of sounds. I'm trying to think what it's called. There's a term for those sort of sounds and people use it to, you know, for calming and relaxing and going to sleep and things like that. So luckily you don't fall over when you're out there running on the beach. (laughs) It's just a nice relaxing at a time 
what what well, kind of things are you thinking about in those times? Like without the, to go into detail, but uh, I guess I'm learning to be. I find um, we've had some challenging times as a family in the last mm-hmm. three years. Mm-hmm. So I find that I reflect on what I've learned, uh, been super grateful for the opportunities I have, mm-hmm. grateful for my health, grateful for family. I find that that's where, you know, I think about it. I get, get awesome ideas as well. As, yeah. um, I find it's a, a great place to solve challenges that may have. Uh-huh. So, yeah, but um, probably mainly just being grateful and having that ability to, you know, just tune out and it's great for my mental health. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess that's, that's, yeah. Mm. You'll be back to it soon. Just being grateful yes. that just that we can move and, and still move our bodies as they're intended. I think there's something about that. Like we're made to move in that running yeah. is quite a natural movement, even though some people don't feel like it is, <laughs> depending on what you're doing. It actually is quite a natural movement for our bodies. Mm. Well, I think also the, the freedom. You know, we have the freedom just to do a lot of hero runners and go for a run. So, I mean, how fortunate and lucky we are. As you say, we can just go for a run, you know. It's awesome how we can just go and do that. That is amazing. So um, in saying that, what do you think running's given your life that you wouldn't have if you hadn't gone to the gym and started running? Uh, oh, geez. Wow. That's a – I would uh, – Hate to think if I was continuing down that other road, I'd probably be a very unhealthy 56-year-old. Mm-hmm. Um, probably have um, medication for some heart issues, no doubt. Um, I'd be have some sort of disease, maybe. I don't know. I just mm-hmm. know that uh, the, the continuing pressures on us, on me and on our family, um, and my extended family as well, with some of the challenges we've had there. You know, I guess. I wouldn't like to be where that would that road would have gone. Yeah. And I certainly wouldn't have the resilience that I've got now after the last mm-hmm. three or so years. So yep, so, yeah, it's so it's, it's given me it's given me, you know, much, much better focus, clarity. I know what I need to do, um, but also resilience. Mm. And, and I love the way you put that. Um, and I guess strength too. Sorry. And strength to, which is all rolled into strength to take on whatever life throws at you, yes. which is what resilience is all about. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's, cool. yeah. So that's yeah, exactly right. Um, so in saying all of that, how long do you think that you will run for? Um, actually, I plan on running until I can't. And it's interesting, I saw a photo the other day, I think it was on Facebook, there was a guy in a run somewhere, he was 86 years old, and he did some phenomenal time for Mm -hmm. the event. I was staggered and I thought, if I could be that good at that age, I'd be impressed. (laughs) So, I think we might have touched on it earlier, but what motivates you? What, What goals get you? Running, like, are you driven because they're to go faster? Are you driven because there's an event coming up? Are you driven because of how it makes you feel, or is it a combination of a whole bunch of things? Do you think? If there's an event coming up, I guess it's it's wanting to do get the best out of myself. I just want, I just want to continually improve as a person. 
Yeah. You know, the only person that you should be competing with is yourself. So mm-hmm. um, to become better at to become better at running for myself, you know, mm-hmm. that's the only from that's from an event point of view. You know, we all know we've got a time to try and beat. And look, some as we know, events on the day, they have their own way of going out how they, you know, some days you just you're in the zone and it works, and some days you think, well, that sucked. How did that? How did that go fall apart? Like that wasn't meant to happen. That wasn't the plan. And it, as we know, that's what runs do. And I think marathons. Every everyone that's run a marathon knows every marathon is different. Yeah. Uh, so that's quite. Yeah, it's, it's it's interesting to see when you do an event like a marathon how how that uh, it works out. You know, you just you just don't know how that event's going to go. So, mm-hmm. um, also for mental health and also for health. Mm. You know, it's just. I'm motivated because I, I just know the satisfaction and the feeling I get after a run. Mm. Yeah. And you want to keep it in your life as Absolutely. long as possible, if not yep. just forever. <laughs> if not just forever. Absolutely. As long as the, uh, the body uh, handles it. So, I mean, it's impact. So you've got to be really aware of that. I've taken seven or eight kilos off in the last few months. Yeah. Um, so that's on the lightest I've been in more than 35 years. Wow. That's amazing. Well done. <laughs> um, is there anything about running that we haven't touched on that you wanted to share? Give it a go. Yeah. It's yeah. simple. It's just a pair of runners. Oh, I will tell one thing. Make sure you go and get fitted correctly for running shoes by yeah. professionals. I think that's a really common question I've seen a lot of the running groups, people post, oh, what are the best runners to buy? You know, and mm-hmm. we all know that after you've done it for a while, if you don't go to somewhere like, um, what's the shop up in Bond System? Uh, the go, running company. Yeah, the running company and the same thing down here with Runner's Edge. Yeah. You know, they, they're amazing. The staff are trained well. They know what you're going to pick before they before you do, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> you gave me three choices, three brands. You know, I got one I got fitted correctly. Um, yeah. yeah. So I, I strongly encourage people if they're going to get serious that they go and get fitted properly so you don't get any injuries. Because at the end of the day, we don't really want to have any injuries. So I'm fortunate. No. I haven't had many injuries. I've rolled my ankle twice. Um, that's Touch about wood. it. Touching wood for you. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> no injuries. Thank you. Um, so thank you so much for all the time that you've spent with us tonight. It's been amazing. But before you go... Do you have any tips, especially for beginner runners? Obviously the shoes bit, but anything else that you would share with someone if they came to you and said, Andrew, I'd really like to start running. <laughs> what would you I, would, I would suggest that they start like everything else, really small, mm-hmm. just run okay. Yeah. You know, and you know, I, I think park runs are great. Mm-hmm. If you want to start running, what a great place to go because you've got that community, you've got all that spirit. As we know, the, the running the running culture or the running community is all about support and encouragement. There's no judgment. And I think that's an absolute fabulous thing. I just love being part of organisations where there's just no judgment. Everyone knows where everyone else is at, and and everyone's so supportive. So awesome. you can go you can go and do a park run, but only run the first k, then walk the rest, and then next time, you know, run run the half k's or you know, run, if you're going running just by yourself, run to one traffic light, walk the next traffic light, run the next traffic, not traffic light, um, power poles. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's a great, great way of um, building up some 
experience and distance, you know, that, and starting really small. So, you, you know, you just can't go and run 5Ks the first time if you haven't done it before, you know. You, yeah. you just won't be able to walk the next time. So. <laughs> and we want you to keep coming back. It's not. It's a consistency yeah. thing, isn't it? It's not like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, some people are a bit overly ambitious and then wonder yeah. why they can't walk. So. That's so true. I mean, yeah. if, you have, if your body's not conditioned to it, then it's not going to be able to cope. So. Yeah, so do it slowly. Um, I just thought of something then when you were talking. The people that you work with, this family business, have known you for a long time, like almost 30 years or something. They've known you post um so pre-running and post-running, what do they say about your running? Uh, they've been really, they've been really supportive. Um, uh, so the owner, the owners, you know, I see him on the beach quite regularly. So I'll yeah. stop and have a bit of a chat to him, and mm-hmm. you know, he goes, "I wish I was, you know, thirty years younger, I'd be able to, you know, do it with you, sort of thing." And I think there's a little bit of not envy, but you know, he's been really positive, really supportive, and yeah. you know, most of the other guys don't say much, but uh, you know, I look at it and think. Heart attack waiting, heart attack yeah. waiting, heart attack. No, no, I should, no I'm, not, I'm not like that. But, yeah, but you know, they're all, the older ones are all carrying weight, yeah. late 40s, early 50s. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm not. Yeah. And that's a good choice that you've made, I would say. <laughs> well, that's it. Life is all about choices. Um, so I chose to, for the reasons I've shared, is, yeah. to, is to be as healthy as I can. Yeah, and it's not just that's the primary reason. Family, primary reason. Yeah, I love it. All right, Andrew. Again, thank you for sharing your inspirational story. It has been a delight to learn more about you. Do stay on after uh, I say goodbye on the here. Uh, But again, thank you for sharing your time. Do appreciate it. Oh, I'm overwhelmed. Thank you so much for having me. I really, really enjoy the chat, and I hope you know my story inspires other people to pick up some runners and go and have a run. I'm sure it will. Absolutely positive. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to the Fit Mind, Fit Body podcast. I'd love to talk to you about your running journey. So send me a message on Facebook or on the website and let's do it. For a bunch of resources on mindful running that will help you get and stay mentally and physically fit, head over to the website, fitmind.com fitbody.co and I'll see you there. Plus, I'll be back here in your podcast player a few times a week. Hit subscribe now so that you don't miss an episode. And before you go, I'd really appreciate it if you'd leave a review. It'll help more people to find the podcast and get inspired to start running. I'll see you soon. Bye.